Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, yeah. And it is going to be covered by the Saints for a touchdown. It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good. We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the 2022 season. That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill. Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby. Happy Saintsgiving, Houdats. Jeff Nowak and Steve Geller hanging out on Inside Black and Gold. And we're going to mix things up a little bit right now and talk about some, some things we're thankful for this Saints season. I know it hasn't been a pretty year in terms of record-wise, but there have been at least some bright spots on this squad that I think that we appreciate and should take the time to recognize. Gobble, gobble. Turkey noises, yeah. Okay, yeah, so we're going to do this, you know, and... uh yeah, so we're going to talk about the things that we are thankful for in this Saints season. And you might say, well, what could that possibly be? Well, <laughs> we did some creative thinking and we we came up with some options. You know, I'm sitting here in my, it's technically a Pelicans hat, but it looks kind of like a turkey, so I'm wearing it. And uh, yeah, so what are you thinking? Well, I'm going to throw this back to you, Steve. Tell me, what okay. is the first thing that you are thankful for? I'm thankful for the... Saints 2021 draft class, honestly, I think between Chris Olave. 2022 draft class. Your 2022 draft class, sorry. Uh, Lante Taylor and Chris Olave have really performed well and look like they are going to be studs for this squad. Still to be determined on Trevor Penning. Uh, We'll see what happens with him. But like I said, those two picks right there have me uh, hopeful and encouraged for the future on both the offense and defense, obviously, and hopefully we get to see Chris Olave's production keep rising and maybe taking home Offensive Rookie of the Year honors something that we saw a current player in Alvin Kamara do. I'm just hoping that he eats some turkey and puts on a couple pounds because I need we him to get bigger. Down, though. I, I think you're going to be fine with him slowing down a little bit if he gets bigger because <laughs> I get worried about the guy. He gets hit real hard a lot. And eventually he's not going to get up. <laughs> I have never seen someone take as many big hits as that man in like his first 11 games. Like, I don't understand it. it. He, he like, I don't get it. He just gets blown up and he always gets up except for that one time. And uh, yeah, so hopefully, hopefully he can put on some turkey weight and uh, maybe that'll help him. Yeah, I'm kind of aggravated. I think it was made have been Pittsburgh where the fact that I felt like I heard the helmet to helmet contact on the sideline yet. No flag, of course. There was a flag. Oh, we did get. I, I don't. I didn't remember that. I'm sorry. Pretty sure. Okay. He, he got a flag. There was two plays in that game. There was one where he went up and didn't catch it, and then the second one where he did catch it and he got nailed in the head. Bonk. 
and uh, he dropped it, but there was a flag. Yeah, it was a 15-yard play. For a while, I thought like Alvin Kamara might have been the, the 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 player that was most hit in the head, but never got the the you know a flag on it. Yeah, maybe it's because like the Florida Lee looks like a target, and they're just going after. It. Oh, <laughs> anyway, okay, my turn. What yeah, am I thankful, thankful for? for? I am thankful for Alante Taylor's attitude, and what I mean by that is like every great, every good to great cornerback, in my opinion. They treat like this, even the decision to even like throw in their general vicinity as like a personal insult. Like, I can't believe you even considered doing that, whether it's true or not. Like, they just take it as like this, like, oh, oh, really? And they just like, you know, like just that, that kind of like mentality is like, you know, like I like Jalen Ramsey, you know, uh, Darrell Revis, you know, Patrick Peterson, these guys like you throw at them and they're just like, really? You're gonna even try this, and then they, and then it doesn't work, and they're, and the, the quarterback's like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't do that, you know. Like the, there was a game, I think it was uh, against Arizona. It was the Kyler Murray, or yeah, Kyler Murray, like started throwing at Alante Taylor, and then it was like, you know what? I'm gonna go after uh, Chris Harris on the other side of the field. I think that's the better option. And Alante Taylor was like, yeah, that's a good idea. Stop throwing my direction, or I'm gonna knock it down anyway. Like. I just appreciate it. Like every time he gets targeted in coverage, he knocks it down. It's like, I don't know. Like you feel more confident just because of how he's operating out there. He he knows that he's better than you, whether you know it or not, or whether it's true or not. Like he knows he's better than you and you can't teach that. Yeah. And he has that mentality too. You could tell if, if uh, he does have a bad play, is able to shake it off quick and put it behind him. It doesn't linger and, and, you know, kind of stew up there in the brain for the entire game. Well, like against Pittsburgh, right? He he missed the tackle on George Pickens, and then like three plays later, he he like decleated him. Like that's <laughs> that's the type of guy you want. That's the type of attitude you want. I'm very I am thankful for that. I'm definitely thankful for another guy in uh, surprisingly, I'll say Jawan Johnson, who's been a guy that has really come along later on in the season and at a position where the Saints really needed some help, and he seems to be that guy at tight end right now, at least. And I know some he's had some production in some garbage time minutes, especially late in that uh, Arizona game, but has, to me at least, seemed to become one of Andy Dalton's favorite targets on this offense. You're nodding. <laughs> I see the bill going up and down. Yes, yes, and I, I appreciate that he, that he juggles and that he picks up the garbage in the locker room after the games. You know, just all good stuff. One other thing I am thankful for is Alvin Kamara press conferences. Amen. Uh, it, one of the things you kind of learn as you go in the locker room a lot is a lot of the players just don't want to talk, you know, and whether it's because they don't have anything to say or that it's just because they don't like talking to the media or whether they're just, you know, maybe just boring people. Like not all interviews are good, you know, and many and are. Some, some are combative. Some are just boring. Never the case with Alvin. There is always, always some sort of entertainment value or just really good um, insight or content that comes out of every single one of his interviews. He tells it like it is, like he's real. He curses a lot, which I think is funny because every time, you know, the TV stations have to do extra work. <laughs> but he's not, even, he's not saying the bad curse words, though. Yeah, he just says shit. A yeah, lot, exactly. Like every seven words. And, you know, it's just, he's just a funny guy. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a bummer that we haven't heard from him more this season. I think that he's a guy who really takes losses hard. 
and he and DeMario have been less talkative this year than I think we've seen in previous seasons. And part of that is because like, not even because they lose, just how they've been losing and how often they've been losing. This is a team that's not used to losing. But I, I am thankful that we still get to talk to Alvin Kamara because I enjoy the guy. Yeah, and part of the fact that his legal issue is still looming is another reason he's yeah. kind of been he's secluded from us, unfortunately. More guarded. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and that's almost a situation where I wish we could just resolve and get done with this year since the season hasn't, you know, really been particularly on the up and up and not spill over into next season, but that's not going to be the case. Right. I think if he got suspended the first six games of this season, you still could have gone two and four. Exactly right. Like, <laughs> and and if he was going to get suspended, that might have that might have driven the Saints to not trade their future first round pick. But either way, you know we're we're past that. Uh, we got a couple more here, Steve. You, are you thankful for anything else? I would say I am thankful for a guy like Rashid Shahid, uh, looking another looking towards the future. Uh, keep waiting for him to break one of those uh, kick returns for a TD to provide that spark. But I think he's going to make someone like Deontay Hardy obviously expendable and not be brought back. So they have a much cheaper option there. But I just see that potential in the return game at wide receiver even and uh, and just looking forward to more of what Rashid Shahid can do. Although you were saying we've been saying his name wrong. Well, I haven't quite been able to figure that out yet. I'm going to see if he's in there uh, this week, and I'm going to ask him Rahid Shaid. If, 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 if we've been saying his name wrong, and I will report back. Full disclosure, we're recording this before Thanksgiving because I don't know about you, but I didn't feel like recording a podcast on Thanksgiving. You don't pay – I don't get paid nearly enough to do that or anything at all, but I'm still here. So count your lucky stars. Plus it would be um, a heavily bourbon-infused podcast. Yes. Yes. Um, no. And that's <laughs> my last thing that I am thankful for is that the Saints finally <laughs> are not playing on Thanksgiving. I love watching football on Thanksgiving. But right? I don't want to be a it's part great. of it. And I understand like Saints fans probably enjoy watching the Saints on Thanksgiving. It drives me insane that they had become like the de facto Thanksgiving team. It was fun the one time. Like it was fun the first time, even the second time against Atlanta. You know, it's like, I don't, I don't, I, I want Thanksgiving off. I don't want to work on Thanksgiving, guys. That's no, not amen. Fun and for me. That's against... they're, they're getting blown out 38 to seven or whatever the heck the score was against the Bills. Like, like that's miserable. And I think I'm honestly, it's not even, I'm not even thankful that the Saints are. Not on Thanksgiving. I'm thankful that the Bills showed up in New Orleans and beat the bricks off the Saints so bad that the NFL was like, you know what? We're going to go in a different direction. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm i very much, you know, and this is posting after Thanksgiving, but like I am very, very excited to just have Thanksgiving where I can just get drunk and eat a bunch of food and watch football games. Uh, and the Giants are playing, you know, so I get to watch, I get to, you know, watch the Giants lose to the Cowboys uninterrupted. And that's, it's always fun. The only negative, though, is the Saints still have practice and locker room coverage. Yeah, but no one cares. <laughs> it's just amazing. It's like, you know, life goes on in the NFL. They don't really care about these holidays. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they do and they don't. You know, like it's a big holiday for the NFL, but it's a working holiday. Yeah. So, sure, like, yeah. You know, I'm, I don't plan on going to the practice on Thursday. Um, <laughs> I'm, I mean, it's, I'm just going to be honest. I've already but, gotten grief from the wife already about it. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be there. 
Yeah, I mean, it's part of the job, but I don't right. care. Sorry, recording this in advance. But yeah, we're going to have a lot more on like the 49ers for with uh, with a guest. Yes, Al Sacco. Al Sacco. Hopefully with, that's how you yeah. say his name too. Al Sacco. <laughs> I Al read Sacco. it as Al Sacco as like one word, like Sacco the puppet, Mr. Sacco. <laughs> Maybe they're related. Maybe is he related to Mr. Sacco? We'll find we'll out. Find out. Pressing issues next. That's gonna be my first Black question Nicole. for for Mr. Sacco if he is related to Mr. Sacco. And uh, well, we're gonna get to that and a lot more. Stick around on Inside Black and Gold. Time for leftovers. Gobble 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 gobble. <laughs> And we're back here on Inside Black and Gold. This is kind of an emergency Wednesday edition. We were recording this prior to Thanksgiving because, you know, we didn't want to record a podcast on Thanksgiving. But we do need to give you some injury updates based on what we had Wednesday because there's some significant stuff going on. My name is Jeff Nowak. Here's Steve Geller. And Steve, what did you what did you see out there when you were at practice today? There's a lot of names and faces that we haven't seen in a while. Yeah, the, the biggest one for me was definitely number 23, Marshawn Lattimore, back on the field. The last time uh, I had seen him on the field, at least in a uniform, was that game against the Seattle Seahawks. Had a play in the end zone where I believe it's, oh, what's the receiver's name that scored the touchdown and falls on Tyler top Lockett. of him? Yeah, Tyler Lockett falls on top of him. And you can tell he was in serious pain yeah the guy runs over to the sideline doesn't even make it to like sitting on the bench area just collapses right by the bench and sit is just you know they're holding him the abdomen area and who knew that it would be so serious of an issue with him you know i i, I don't know if you really anticipated him out being i think it's october 9th since he's been out yeah, a lacerated kidney, I think it was, Ugh. and cracked ribs. Like that's significant. He, did, he was dealing with a lot of pain, um, so it's good to see him back. I don't know if he's going to play this weekend, but it is good to see him back because it shows, uh, like, yeah, he is on a track to return. But he wasn't alone. So no, no, the the other one, obviously, the Saints Iron Man, which I'll still call him, even though you know last year was due to COVID, this year was due to that eye injury. But Cam Jordan back on the field, which was nice. Also, number twenty two. Mark Ingram, it felt like it had been forever since you'd seen him, and I just feel like he's a great – not like he wasn't there to begin with as a locker room presence, but just his voice on the field I feel makes so much of a difference even. Yeah, he's an important guy. Also, Marcus Davenport got back out yeah. there. James Hurst missed the game with a concussion. He was out there. Andres Pete was out there getting limited work. The only DMPs were Pete Warner, Peyton Turner, and JT Gray, which you know that's not a surprise, but they did also get Bradley Roby back out there. So he and Trevor Penning are both back working with the team, even though they are not technically returned from IR yet. So that's another good sign because we weren't sure what to expect with Bradley Roby, but he's going to be another one of those players that they're going to try to get back. So, you know, if this team can go out to San Francisco and win a game, you know, we don't know how many of these players are actually going to be out there on Sunday when they play. But if this team can go out to San Francisco and win a game, you know, this is finally a team that feels like it's getting pieces back. It feels like it's getting healthy. And, you know, maybe they can string something together toward the end of the season as they're getting these pieces back. Look, I'd say potential to play. I think we got to see how the week plays out, see how they do in practice this week, and then we'll 
we'll uh, we'll have a better idea as the week goes on. When you get those guys back on the field, does that like can you sense like a lift? Yeah, yeah, you can. I think you know. I mean, look, um, you know, th- this game's about um, feeling like like you got your your guys out there and 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 uh, give yourself the best chance for success. And so uh, when you get guys back out there at practice for. Uh, for whatever it is that you can get it back out there, you know, I think everybody kind of gets a lift from that. You know, I think about it, you, you know, we mentioned all the weapons, obviously, with the 49ers having, but the Saints aren't such slouches either and should be they're, – they're doing, I think, a decent job. Uh, they just had that two-hiccup, two-game hiccup with Pittsburgh and Baltimore, but the offense had been producing. It was – I felt like the defense before that, that wasn't really getting the job done, but now – if you get some really key pieces back, like you mentioned, get a win in San Fran here, and then you know what? Let's talk about maybe trying to get a third straight victory and maybe even for a chance at the the top spot in the NFC South. You still got to play, obviously, Atlanta. You got to play Tampa still. It's got to play Char- Charlotte again. You got to go to Car- uh, Carolina. Actually, comes to the dome, yeah. but you know, obviously, it's all about catching Tampa Bay right now. You still got a game against them coming up on Monday night. But if you're heading that with a little bit of at least positive freaking momentum, like we talked about with these injuries, there's just a lot of key pieces coming back right now. And it could be at the right time, you could say, because this team needs any kind of spark to get yeah. any kind of streak together because they just have we, we've seen them not be able to do it all year. And I think obviously somebody's got to be the turnover guy besides Teron Matthew. Yeah, they need to generate turnovers. They need to be make make timely plays. Like I don't think they're going to be able to stop this 49ers offense. So we're going to get into more of that with Al Sacco, who hosts the 49ers Web Zone No Huddle podcast. Can we play catch up with them? No. Well, that's that's my point. It's like you don't you can't get behind in this game and you need to you need to make timely plays on defense. And the thing is like this is a going to be a difficult game, but this is where you kind of look at it, and when you're trying to be optimistic about the Saints still having a chance this season, this is where it is, right? Because you're four and seven. If you go out to San Francisco and win a game, you are five and seven coming back to face the Bucks. So you don't have to worry about where the Bucks are because you have a game in hand. So if you can find a way to go win this game and come back and face a Bucks team at Raymond James Stadium that you have flat out dominated suddenly you're like, wow, we're right there. And so, but this is where it has to be. You can't go to Raymond James Stadium at four and eight and feel that way, right? You need to win this game in order for that momentum to matter. If you if you lose this game, then you are just still on that win-loss, 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 loss, win-loss, win-loss, and all that. Like, so this is where you gotta you gotta make a stand. This team has to make a statement in this game. And you know, the positive thing you can say is it looks like they're going to have some of the pieces back that they need to make that happen. And so for the first time all season, I'm feeling a little optimistic. And that's probably a bad thing because every time I feel a little bit of optimism, they smack me down. I mean, you you can only think positive things can happen when you have big names returning, big leadership, big voices. I I think uh, low-key to me, I think I've told you this, Marshawn Lattimore says the most in the locker room. He just doesn't speak very loudly. If you know what I mean there. I've never heard him talk. I don't yeah, it's been a while since we have heard him this year, but I think like low key, Marshawn's one of the best interviews in the Saints locker room just because he doesn't give you the run of the mill answers where, you know, well, we gave a hundred percent and 
Um, at the end of the day, we fought, you know, we came out on top because of the guys in the locker room. It's not your standard BS. He kind of tells you just how he's feeling. I mean, I think Marshawn is just a guy who, when he's there, you know he's there because he's that good. And it's like he doesn't have to talk because he's going to he's gonna show you, right? Like you're going to yeah. try to beat him and you're not going to be able to, and that gives everyone a boost. Now I think the cornerbacks that have been out there have been fine. They haven't been great, but they have been – they have they've had swagger. But they're not Marshawn. But they're not Marshawn. You know, so yeah, you know, I, I would be surprised if they get Marshawn back for this game. But I, but the fact that he's back at practice is, is a positive thing. Um, yeah, definitely. So, I want to see that ramp up to maybe a full on Friday. I'd be yeah. Very I think happy. you would have to get in at least one full practice for Marshawn before you feel like okay, he's he's ready because you don't want to you don't want to rush that injury back and you know he's dealing with pain. Maybe you can give him some painkillers. But either way, you know. I, this game we got plenty of rib wear. Everybody, yes. uh, Camara, Taysom, they can just share their rib armor when they go on the field. Their abdomen armor. <laughs> yeah. But all right, that's it really for the injury updates. Again, you know, just a lot of guys getting back, a lot of positive momentum in the, from that regard in a season where everything's been bad. But we're going to get into more in the final segment of this podcast into what to expect from the 49ers, a team that suddenly has all of these weapons that you don't even know what to do with. We're going to talk to Al Sacco about that. Stick around on Inside Black and We're back here on Inside Black and Gold. My name is Jeff Nowak, alongside Steve Geller, as always, and with guest Al Sacco, 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast host, to break down what we can expect from the 49ers this week. How you doing, Al? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. You know, so I got to watch that monday night game one of the reasons i like monday night games is because i don't have to worry about interference with the saints game i can just watch the game and so it worked out that i got to watch that entire monday night game with the 49ers just trouncing the cardinals and i have to say i came away scared that is a scary football team uh and it's like you look at the record it's six and four that is not a six and four team that is a very good football team what has been your kind of impression from that team the lot you know throughout this season especially the last few weeks well, it's been up until last week, it's kind of been what it's been for the last year and a half, and it's that's inconsistent. And and when you look at what they have on this team, their inconsistency drives you crazy. Some of the losses this year to a bad Bears team, granted it was in bad weather, but still, to a bad Broncos team, the Falcons aren't very good. They, lo- they lose that game, and the Chiefs, what are you going to do? But they've been really inconsistent, and they've had a, trouble putting it all together. The defense has been great all year, other than a game and a half or so when they were injured. But the offense, you look at, you have Debo and Ayuk and Kittle, and you're like, why are they not scoring 25, 30 points a game? Well, they started to turn that around with the addition of McCaffrey, who's changed everything for them. And Jimmy Garoppolo was actually playing good football right now. But, you know, before the McCaffrey thing, they were three and three. They were averaging about 21 points a game, 340 yards a game, and 41% on third downs. And in the four games since they had McCaffrey, they're three and one. You're having almost 29 a game, almost 400 yards, and 55% on third down. So McCaffrey has sort of changed that offense, and I think he's calmed Garoppolo down to the point where I don't know how familiar you guys are with Garoppolo, but he's not forcing those balls over the middle anymore. He's throwing the ball away, and I think McCaffrey's been a calming presence for him. 
So he's taking those check downs. He's not panicking. He's not taking bad sacks. He's just kind of playing point guard. You know, he's not making that long throw down the field, but with McCaffrey there, he's been able to play point guard and everybody's been able to fall into their roles. And yeah, this past Monday against the Cardinals was the first time I said, okay, maybe they have it together and we'll see moving forward. But for the first time all season, I, I legitimately think they're starting to get rolling. And with that roster, it's a little scary for the rest of the NFC. Yeah, seeing that performance Monday night, I think everyone took everyone back. It was like the, the lights were on and the Niners came out blazing. Uh, a guy that I, I guess he's a pretty big name throughout the NFL and George Kittle, but you would imagine that he'd be putting up, I guess, Travis Kelsey kind of numbers. What's been limiting him? Is it more about Garoppolo's performance and and not him? I just imagine that he's always open kind of deal. How do you, how do you guard George Kittle? Hey, listen, again, the fan base has been screaming about this now for, for the, again, the last year and a half where Kittle's Kittle hasn't getting the ball and it's, it's been really confusing. And with all those weapons, you're not going to get hundred yards every game. You're going to have a few games where whatever, but Kittle had been an afterthought for a while. And yeah, he's a good blocker, but he's still out there running a lot of routes and he just, for whatever reason, wasn't getting targeted that started to happen this last game. And you see when he gets the ball, he's explosive. People don't want to tackle him. He's a yak monster. So it was good to see him get involved again. And, and I hope it continues because I don't have an answer for you why he hasn't been because the guy's dynamic when he, the whole team gets fired up when he catches the ball and gets a long run. You could see it. It sounds familiar. That's kind of like the Taysom Hill vibe over here with folks. <laughs> yeah, it just it just gets the team going. Right. So I would hope people he's going to be more involved. You look at somebody like Kelsey, like I don't buy the like, oh, well, he's double teamed. Teams can get their guys open and you like. Kelsey, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, like teams aren't paying attention to these guys. They still get tons of targets in the ball. So I'd like to see Kittle get the ball more. It's not going to be consistent week to week because you have Debo and Ayuk and McCaffrey. And McCaffrey's been a been a target and touch monster since he came here. But yeah, Kittle's somebody that I think is going to have to have games like you saw against the Cardinals if they're really going to go far this year. I asked PJ Williams in the locker room today, what makes George Kittle so difficult to cover? So Let's hear that real, really quick. George Kittle, mm-hmm. impossible to cover, but you know what? What have you learned from going against him? You know, the last couple of years. Man, he he a good, he a great, he a great route runner, man. He's, he's real physical, so that's so you got to make sure you're really locked in on on him and not getting swiped by or he do a lot of misdirection and stuff like he run this way cutting and stuff like that so you just got to make sure you got good eyes on him and, and not not getting out physical and i think that's that's good insight because there are different types of tight ends in this league right and he is very much in that travis kelsey zach Ertz, or probably you know previous version of zach Ertz, mm-hmm. where you know you have to constantly be thinking about where they are on the field it's not just about like oh they're going to stay in line and eventually they're going to work their way out and I mean it's just constantly putting pressure on your defense up the seam so yeah I mean I am curious to see how they how the Saints defense him because he's a guy they know pretty well like they've seen him in that offense multiple times and I remember the face mask in that crazy game back in uh, 2019 I think it was and yeah he's he's a guy who can wreck the game I think it's a question of when as opposed to if with him yeah and it's it's funny when you bring up that game I was watching highlights of that today because the Niners and Saints have played some great ones man you go back to the 2011 playoff game and then the 2019 game they haven't worked out too well for you guys but they were amazing games amazing games and that game if, if you remember that Saints game in 2019 Kyle Shanahan was really creative in that game Mm-hmm. You saw, I think it was Emmanuel Sanders maybe threw a pass in that game and, and they, they're having used check pitch the ball and a lot of cool stuff that he did. 
And that's one of the frustrating things I think for 49ers fans is they haven't really been doing that stuff that much. So again, it was good to see last week, just this offense kind of start clicking. But for me, if, if, if I'm the saints, the, the sort of the guy who's been making the engine go, like I said, is McCaffrey, you're going to get Debo and Ayuk and Kittle yet, but McCaffrey has been, been the calming presence for the team. He has 68 touches in those four games. He has 24 targets in the passing game, 394 total yards in four touchdowns when you include the touchdown pass he had against the Rams. So I think he's the guy you have to worry about. And what they do is, so they're going to use McCaffrey first quarter. He's going to get a lot of touches, and then they get Elijah Mitchell to kind of pound you after that. And that running game has really been going with the two of them. They the, the Niners look scary right now. Yeah, I think it was Eli Mitchell only had one touch in the first half of that game. And it was like at halftime, they're talking about, oh, is he is he maybe hurt? Is he in the doghouse? And it's like, no, they're just they they're just holding him back so that in the second half he can like smash you over the head. And it's wild that you, there's that many weapons on an offense that you can just be like, yeah, 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 Eli, Eli, hang out for a little bit. And then when right. he ended up with like 60 rushing yards in that game, he got touches. It's just there's so many ways that team could beat you. I'm just I was just fascinated watching this team operate and. You know, for, for a guy who wants to get creative, like Kyle Shanahan, he's just like a mad scientist with all of these pieces. Uh, I don't know. It's a team that must be fun to watch. Well, again, they're frustrating because this game was fun to watch, but it's not right. something that we've seen all year. But you mentioned the creativity of what he does. There was on the Debo touchdown. If you watch that play, the line, you have guys pulling like like the balls going to the right side. And there were nine defenders on the right side. And then Debo comes around and gets the ball. And there's only two people and there's like six Niners out there to block. So there's two Cardinals and six Niners and he just streaks down to the end zone. And when he does those kind of things and you see that, you wonder how can anybody stop this team? But then you have games like against the Broncos or the Chargers where they can't break 20 points. And you're you're saying to yourself, how in God's name can they not be scoring 30-35 with, with, with the talent that they have? So again, let's hope for Niners fans that Monday night was a sign of things to come, but it has been a little frustrating. And I love that you guys kind of on the outside because we'll talk. We had Cynthia Freeland on the show a couple of weeks ago and she was talking about the, the creativity and everything that Kyle Shanahan can do. And uh, Matt Hamilton was on recently in the same thing. And, and we had talked after like everybody nationally and people we talked to from other teams are like, there's so much creativity. There's so much talent. And we're talking week to week. Why can this team not break 20 points? Why, why is it not happening? So I, I feel like when you get a national game like that and they saw that, everybody is like, yeah, definitely. Like the Niners are really, really scary. But then I'm thinking about a couple of weeks or a couple of weeks ago when they couldn't break 19 on, on, on a bad Chargers defense. So I need to see consistency from them before I can really say like, yeah, you know, this offense is here. If it happens for the next few games, great, but we, we still have to see it. Well, another thing impressive with San Francisco – the defense, obviously, with defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans, has, it looks like he's got the ear of the players and just a good eye for the scheme that he's presenting out there. Just seems to be clicking with everybody right now later in the season. Yeah, so you got to give Kyle Shanahan credit in terms of being the CEO of the team as the head coach. That He's put great people around him. Mike McDaniel gets a head coaching job, Robert Sala. And then D'Amico Ryans comes in last year, and I don't think he's going to be there next year. I think he's going to be a head coach somewhere. And you look at this defense, and yeah, there's tons of talent, but the adjustments he's been able to make, one without um, Javon Kinlaw and Eric, Eric Armstead, this is still the best rushing defense in the league without their two best interior guys. In the past three games, they haven't given up a point in the second half. So they've made the adjustments at halftime to really shut people down. And they have just, you know, blue chip guys. Nick Bosa, to me, is a top five defensive player in the league. Fred Warner is a terrific player. Dre Greenlaw is really underrated. Traverius Ward has been a really calming presence. 
um, in the secondary. And they lost Emmanuel Mosley, who to me is one of the most underrated corners in the league. And they're not quite as good as they were with him, but they're still really, really good. So D'Amico Ryans has done a phenomenal job and there's tons of talent there. And when a quarterback can move, maybe you get a little worried, but if you're going against an Andy Dalton, I feel like the Saints <laughs> should be a little bit nervous with, with that pass rush. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But the defense to me, it's almost taken for granted at this point because you know, you're going to go in and you're really letting him up 17 points. So going into that and knowing that for, for the Niners, it's good. And, and that kind of football can carry you a long way. They can run the ball and they can play defense and that can get you deep in January. Gotcha. Yeah. And I do, I do wonder how much of this season has been kind of like they went into it saying, okay, we're going to ride it out with Trey Lance and there are all this kind of uncertainty around Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's like, did they get better? Like, it's weird because I don't know if they would be as good as they are if Trey Lance was in there, but obviously his, he's, he's a prospect and you want him to get better. It's, it's just a really strange situation. Like, do you think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the quarterback of this team next year? Well, I think I can't answer that yet because we have to see what happens through the rest right. of the season. If they get into the playoffs and he has a Joe Flacco type run in 2012 when Flacco had like 11 touchdowns and no one If he does something like that and they win the Super Bowl, how do you move on from him? Because Garoppolo is loved in the locker room. His teammates love him. But, it, you know, it's it, it's weird because the Niners went into this season. I feel like no team ever has done what they did where they had a team ready to win the Super Bowl and they turn the reins over to a quarterback who is that green. And I don't mean, you know, we've seen Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes and Ben Roethlisberger take over really good teams. But those are guys who had over 1,200 attempts in college. Trey Lance didn't play for two years and has right. had like 300 attempts in two years. So you're turning this, this team over to a project and hoping he's going to get better throughout the year to where you're there at the end. I can't think of a team that's done anything like that. Well, so not a team that really, went to the Super Bowl and then went back to the NFC Championship with one with the same quarterback. Right, right. <laughs> that, that is that good, right, and ready to do that. So, but I'll give Jimmy credit. He was put in. Our, the Niners tried to get rid of him a full offseason. They went after Stafford, they went after Watson, and then they make a trade for Lance. Hmm. And then he said himself he wouldn't have wished 2021 on anybody because it was so awkward. And then they bring him back in the pre in the training camp, and they're like, "Hey, just go throw over on the side field. We don't want to look at you." And then they're like, oh, well, we can't trade you. So do you want to just be the backup? And Jimmy, to his credit, he's taken shots from the fan base. He's taken shots from the media. He's taken shots from Kyle, his own team. They treated him like garbage. He was classy, at least outwardly. God, you know, I don't know what he felt internally, but he never said a bad word. He was not a cancer. He just did his job. And then he got another shot and he's played probably better than he has ever with the Niners. So he deserves a lot of credit. And if you asked me three weeks ago, is there any chance he'd be back? I'd say there's zero chance. But if they make another deep run and if they get to a Super Bowl, I'm just going to say right now, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I'm going from there's no chance to right now, I don't know. But we have to see what what happens. But the yeah, Niners gave up a lot for Lance, man. So I'd imagine right. that'd be pretty hard. I mean, the market too, even though for, uh, you know, you talk about a quarterback then with his credentials, on the open market. Who knows what that would even fetch nowadays? Well, yeah, you look at how bad the quarterback, I mean, the quarterback play has been awful this year. You think the, the yeah, Jets could love them. NFL, I mean, right. Saints, right? I mean, you guys got to yeah. be going crazy with, with your QB play. So you put him on a good team. He's, he, he's not, he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Josh Allen, but if you put him on an offense with playmakers around him, he, again, he can play point guard. And right now in the NFL, I think a lot of teams would take that. Right. League average quarterback play isn't exciting until you don't have a league average quarterback. 100%. Right. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. 
Yeah, you look at the Jets, right? The Jets are a really good team. I think the Jets have a really good team, and and their quarterback was was atrocious. It's it's all around the league. There's just there's really bad quarterback play, and in that class of 2021 that everybody thought was going to be great is looking a little little suspect now. I mean, Lance is TBD. We don't know. Fields looks like he's getting he's at least an exciting player with the running, but Wilson's terrible. Mac Jones has looked terrible. Trevor Lawrence has been a huge disappointment. Huge disappointment. So yeah, it's tough to get a good QB and Jimmy's at least a decent veteran that right now I'd say, I don't know, top 12, maybe the way he's been playing, you know, in that, in that range, 12 ish. And I think a lot of teams would, would take that right now. He's definitely top 32. Yeah. Oh yeah. In the off season, you wouldn't think so. Right. Cause right, nobody wanted right. him, but no, now yeah, no one think... who's bidding on him thinks so in the off season. And then all of a sudden, and then yeah, all of a sudden think... the jets are starting a player that sounds like they got out of like a random quarterback name generator. Right. Sam Ellinger is taking snaps. You know, there's just a lot of bad QB play this year. And, right. you know, Jacoby Brissett, the Browns were committed to him as the backup, right? He's, you know, we've seen, we've seen that movie. Maybe Jimmy would have done a lot better with that team until Watson came back. So there's just a lot of different teams, you know, Carson Wentz, I'm sure Heineke's doing well now. His job again to the backup. Yeah. Again. Right. I mean, he's, he's going to be a backup for the rest of his career now. So there's just so many bad QBs out there right now. Um, but it's been a wild year, man. You know, Aaron Rodgers thinks, you know, like we're, we're, it's just for sure. It's just like I now he's got a broken thumb, I guess. But like if you told me this year was going to happen, you know, Stafford was terrible before he got hurt. Brady looks human. I would have never believed it if you told me at the beginning of the season the way it's planned out. But now he's not a Terry. He's not a he's the divorced man and free now. Yep. Now he's a different dude. <laughs> so we're, we're, I don't even have to worry about Thanksgiving with the kids. I'm just on film study. Yeah. <laughs> I, I used to say family and football. Now it just says football. Yeah, that's it. Ouch. That's it. And guys like that are wired different, right? Like your Jordan, you're, they're they're cra- they're borderline probably crazy. You know, to, which it's made him successful for good for you know good for them. But um, I mean, yeah. if Drew Brees didn't listen to Brittany Brees, he would probably still be playing football. No, seriously. Like if you left it up to him and you just didn't give him any pressure from family to retire, that guy would still be playing football right now. I think he made the right call. Yeah. He was kind of done. Wasn't he? He wasn't really that last year. He, I felt like he was kind of not, I mean, they went, they went to the playoffs They went to the divisional round of the playoffs. So, I mean, like it's all relative, right? Like you look at all these teams that are just have running out these terrible quarterbacks and you're like, I can do better than that. Just he can think his way better than that. Yeah. His noodle arm can do better than that. Anyway, it's just funny because like Tom Brady is the inverse. (laughs) He's got divorced so we can keep playing football. (laughs) Tom's got the TB12 method. I was a big fan of, I've always been a big Drew Brees fan. And there's so much with the Saints of what could have been because of right. just the, the things that happened to them in the playoffs. Like, obviously, the Rams-NFC Championship game with that ridiculous call, they beat the Patriots that year. I think the Saints win that game easily. So there's just so much what could have been with Breeze. I mean, Breeze could maybe have three titles if things sort of a couple things sort of broke differently. So I can imagine with Saints fans that it's it's been a lot of heartbreak with them. And then you go from Sean Payton to – I've never been a big believer in Dennis Allen as a head coach. I don't know what you guys think, but – It's been a questionable season, that. obviously, but yeah. – You've seen the team at least – they haven't quit on him, that's for sure. And the, the, his message isn't like – or his presence is still commanding in the in the locker room at least. Yeah. Well, they, I, like the, I like the receiver. Alave looks like he's going to be a player, so. Yeah, for he's sure. been a lot of fun to watch. So I have one more question for you, and then I'll let you go. Why so, does Brandon Ayuk like spiking the football into people's nuts? Oh. <laughs> 
Does he do that? I didn't know that he even did that. You didn't see that? I did not see that. No, no. Oh, my gosh. I'll have to send it to you on Twitter. Yeah, so when he scored the second touchdown, he, he took threw- the ball and he threw it into the back of the end zone. There's a cameraman standing there just like, you know, doing his job. And all of a sudden just – Oh, that's funny. I didn't even see that. Yeah, send it to me. That's pretty funny. It's wild. Uh, and it's like you could see, like he, he saw it immediately and it was just like, oh no, what have I done? It was, uh, <laughs> the nuts. It was, you know, the, the Mexico City game is a treat. <laughs> He's going to have to find jersey and, and tickets, some, you know, some kind of package. That's funny. I, I didn't notice that. Usually when something happens, I got to take notes or tweet it. And I like, I put my head down after. So I totally missed the nut spike, but you guys will have to send that to me. I will. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's, it's wild. Anyway, that's all I got. Steve, you got anything else? <laughs> Maybe uh, like who are who is a guy or two on either the offense or defense that is kind of an underrated stud for you guys kind of thing that maybe fans don't really – like Saints fans wouldn't know about yeah. but end up causing like to be a big disruption or a big playmaker in the game. So on offense, again, you have all those guys, Debo, Wyuk, Kittle, McCaffrey. Yeah, the list goes on and on. On and on. Juwan Jennings is a guy who has a lot of big third down catches for them. And if I don't know if you guys watched the Chargers game on Sunday night a couple weeks ago, but he only had four catches for 40 yards. It doesn't look huge in the box score. But a couple of those were huge on third, third down where he ran after the catch. He converted a couple third downs. And they don't win the game without him. And some some games he doesn't catch a ball. In some games, he has a couple huge catches. So he's somebody to look out for on the offense. Defensively, I mean, it's like pick your poison. The mm-hmm. The defensive line is fantastic. Charles Amenehu is a guy a lot of people don't know, and I think he's 11th in the league in pressures this year. He's been really good in terms of that. And you probably know about Hufunga on the back end. He's He's been getting some praise, but he's a guy that makes a lot of plays. He's got a great name to say. Great name, great name. And the Niners had Tart and Ward playing safety previously. Ward's playing cornerback now. But they were very solid, but didn't get a lot of turnovers. And Hufunga is a totally different dude. He's already got four picks. So he has a lot of game-changing plays, and he's a guy to look out for on defense. He can he can change the game around in a hurry. What's gotcha. been one of our, our, our LSU guy, Tyron Davis-Price? What's he up to, man? The Niners love drafting running backs in, like, the third <laughs> round and never playing them. So that's what he's doing right now. He's just the latest <laughs> yeah. running back. They get drafted high and just, just never play. Well, like Trey Sermon's on the Eagles right now. Yeah, they just <laughs> – Let's trade up for a running back and then never. Yep. And so was Davis Price. And the guys that are undrafted free agents, you know, your Jeff Wilsons, your your Mostert, your Matt Breedas. Jordan Mason's a guy who dresses now. He doesn't get a ton of carries, but those are the guys that do well. Eli Mitchell was like six round pick. Those are the guys that do well. I have no idea why they spend the capital they do on running backs, but they keep doing it. But Maybe now they won't with Mitchell McCaffrey. Maybe they're finally all set there. <laughs> yeah. They keep drafting all these running backs and then they trade for Christian. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> the relationship between Shanahan's and running backs is just one of the most fascinating things you'll ever see in NFL history of, you know, making bad decisions and somehow finding these hidden gems. Yeah. It's funny because, you know, they have a great roster, but some of the things they do with those picks, it's like they, they pick price and everybody's just like, yeah, well, okay. He's not going to dress the entire year and he'll be on a different team next year. And it looks that way right now. So I don't know why they keep doing it. All right. Well, we've been talking with Al Sacco, 49ers web zone, no huddle podcast. Check it out. Saints 49ers this weekend out in Santa Clara. It's going to be a good time. Thanks so much for hanging around, man. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. And that's going to wrap it up for us here on Inside Black and Gold. Thanks so much to Al Sacco. Like the in league, the Sacco yeah. Award for uh, hanging out with us. I sent him the uh, Brandon Ayuk clip. Have you seen right. that clip? Yeah, it's pretty hilarious. You know, yeah. 
you know, he was just, you know, whizzing it to the back of the, you know, the end zone. The guy just happened to be in its way. It's like a heat seeking missile. <laughs> I mean, it's fascinating how they just, mm, boom. Um, yeah, hopefully they gave him some like, like signed memorabilia or something as a, as a, as an, I'm sorry for, you know, sorry, you won't be able to have it reproduce anymore. Yes, exactly. For for making you barren. <laughs> here's a, on that here's note, an Ayuk signed jersey, though. Yes. Yeah. And, and a promise that I will never again throw a ball in your direction. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to wrap this thing up. Thank you so much for listening to Inside Black and Gold. Make sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have not yet, why not? Give us a rating. Give us a review. We're going to keep these coming at you. Next episode is going to be our post-game edition on Monday morning. Hopefully, it is another post-win edition for the first two-game winning streak this season. Giddy up. Can't win three unless you win two. Can't win three unless you win two. Yes.